This episode of United 96 is brought to you in part by Monday Development. Whether you're beginning your first real estate purchase or you're a seasoned investor, Monday Development can assist you with all aspects of the process. Kick off your next investment by visiting mondaydev.com. You are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, finally back. Finally. Here. Finally back with you uh, here to talk uh, DC United. Uh, MLS and uh, we, we, I know there's some big U.S. men's national team news. Um, my response is: let's listen to some other podcasts if you want to hear about it. I, I don't. There know. are going to be some good ones that are not us <laughs> talking about it. They'll have tactical breakdowns and everything. Um, apparently, uh, Jesse Marshall might be is is rumored to be the new coach. Hopefully, that's the same by the time the thing comes out. But you want to hear on that show because why? Because we got a lot of DC United coverage to get into. Before we get into that, John, it's been a while, man. How, how, how's your week? It has been. been? I've been working. Going? I've been busy. I've been a busy, busy bee um, doing my annual uh, hill flying for my for, for where I work. So I've been doing that up in D.C. And I was, you know, I got home last night. I was delighted to find a full slate of MLS games. I was confused that that was happening. I don't know why. Is there a reason why or did they just decided that this was the week of two? This was the week of two match days. Apparently, I guess that's what they decided, because, I mean, not only was MLS doing a full slate of Wednesday night games. USL was doing a full slate of Wednesday night games. The the kickers played uh, in a game I won't discuss on this podcast because it was not good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently, I guess I guess they, they've got certain windows that they're trying to, to do on Wednesday, and I guess this was the first one up. So You know why, Ted? Why? It's because it's my birthday tomorrow, so they were it was a present to me to give me two DC United games this week. Or there three, I guess, actually, right? Well, if you kind of like an eight-day week, there's three. There's three. So, lots. Yeah, we got you got basically what, what, what do you have Saturday? Well, you've got you had the Open Cup, then you had Saturday against Nashville. Yeah, they've, they've been they've been they've been packing the games in uh, for DC. I feel like we haven't gotten this is like the weird part of the schedule where it's like we feel like there's like a game suddenly every couple of days. So we don't have time to even think about. And it was the longest period between shows in like recorded history that wasn't <laughs> due to injury or intentional. So that's uh, that's how that goes sometimes. Yeah. So so because of that, uh, because of the break in the amount of games we have, we've got a lot to uh, get to get through. I think we're going to the, the but first. But the, first, I want to thank our new Patreons. Yes, go ahead. Because I because I am to do that. Jason and Terry, thank you for joining the Patreon. This week, I'm not really sure about how I'm going to do a second episode because it's going to come out on Friday <laughs> and the normal episode is on Friday. Uh, so uh, maybe listen, Patreons who want a second episode, uh, you know, just text me and I'll talk to you about soccer for five minutes. We'll just, <laughs> yeah. we'll just, we'll just get, I'll give my phone number out to our select patrons. Uh, but anyway, Terry, Jason, thank you. And if you want to get involved and get normally get us a, a second show a week, uh, patreon.com slash RFK refugees. Now hit it. Ted. Yeah. And more, and more to, more to come with more to come. I think, I think we're, I think we're finding out what you guys like as far as what you guys want out of the Patreon. And that second show is really, Really helped, I think, get some. Uh, really helped uh, get some of you on. So we want to continue to deliver content like that for you all. It's the uh, RFK sickos that like the second episode. <laughs> yeah. So more content. We're, we're definitely planning some more content. I am. I am currently awaiting a, a better, uh, a better living situation, and I will be contributing uh, to some of the content. So stay tuned for that. Um, 
but uh, let's I think we're going to I think we're going to have sort of a uh, exponential growth of the amount of, of discussion we're going to have on games uh, for these three games we have to cover. We're going to start with these <laughs> United versus versus the Red Bulls in the Open Cup, which was a bad game. Terrible, awful, all the things that you uh, that you can that you can say about it. Um, bad field over at the State College. Uh, I think Wayne Rooney, I think, summed it up in saying, you know, first of all, he was surprised about the bidding. And I think we've we, we, we've talked about that, I think, at length. He saw your tweet. That's what happened. He got he, he saw your tweet, got confused, thought they could have bid for it. And then he got mad. That's what happened. Yeah, everybody got <laughs> mad. And, you know, I think it's it's one of those unfortunate situations based on the schedule. Um, you know, I have I have learned that, you know, it's probably, you know, D.C. did know when the dates were, you know, well ahead. So maybe bad on them for for not keeping that date free um i also think you know u.s soccer in my opinion i think it's a little silly that u.s soccer like forces teams to have both dates open i think there's a lot of things about how they handled the bidding process that's a little silly i think it's silly that uh the red bulls were allowed to get away with just shipping this off to like a state college on a turf field um i mean kudos to them i guess it, it played to their advantage because wayne rooney was like there's no way i'm risking you know, no way I'm risking my best players on this field. Uh, so I'm going to send, you know, wh- basically the bare minimum that I can. How do you feel if you're one of those players that plays that game after <laughs> Wayne's like, listen, this field is basically uh, some hypodermic needles and and like fire. And I'm not going to put any good players in the field, but we did play and we lost. How would you feel <laughs> if you're like, hey, let's throw these guys out? I, I don't know if I would care because I would if I'm playing in this game. It also means it's it's an opportunity um, or sure. it's a chance to to show. So I mean, I mean, clearly it hasn't impacted morale, I guess, across the board. I mean, I think that was maybe a concern among some fans was that, you know, this this the, the how bad this game looked, um, you know, would impact the uh, impact morale sort of across the board. So uh, it, it it appears it has not done that. Um, but I mean, I think. It does look a little silly when uh, you, and I think some people have pointed out that you didn't want to risk injury on this field, and then uh, one of your designated players pulls up with a hamstring injury literally Whoops. in the next game after he is rested for said game. Um, yeah, make, on, make on that, that on that good grass, on that on that good, uh, good freshly re- relayed good relayed turf, by the way, right. brand new <laughs> brand new surface relayed at Audi Field. So um, I, I don't know if we really want to get too much of this game. It was a, it was a bad game, awful. Um, it won nothing lost. They're out of the open cup. Probably. I think a lot of people have I, like myself and the, you, we've all talked about, you know, here's an opportunity to win a trophy. They clearly passed up on that opportunity. Um, it is what it is. And uh, thankfully we've got some, some better, better games to talk about and more productive games to talk about. Anything else you want to touch on to the open cup before we uh, two years, one, nothing lost away to red bulls in a row in the open cup. I think we have to do your best to avoid them in the draw next year. Uh, and also make sure you're bidding to, to to play home games, just so we can break the juju of the same thing happening every time. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, the game was not good. It was not enjoyable to watch. Eric Hurtado was not enjoyable to watch. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing was bad. We can we can just move on and never talk about it again. Yeah, but then it never happened. Like uh, Don Garber clearly wants us to do. We, we we listen to Don Garber on that front. That we pretend just pretend the Open Cup doesn't exist. Easy. Done. Easy. Done. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into it. We head into the next week. Uh, DC United playing against Nashville. I start of a three game stretch uh, where they will they play. They they play. They've already played sort of Nashville and Philly on the road. And now they'll finish the week off uh, against the lowly L.A. Galaxy um, at home. So uh, a huge stretch of games. And uh, I think we already saw 
at the very least, uh, sort of an, a sense that I think from Wayne Rooney about what games he thought he could rest players and um, taking maybe a little bit of a gamble. And I'd say that this 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 Nashville game at home uh, against a tough Nashville team was certainly a roll of the dice. Um, and I think he probably thought, you know, here's a game where I think, you know, we're at home. I'm maybe going to take the risk. I'm going to rest. Christian Benteke for 90 minutes and we're going to rely on Taxi Funtas. Uh, so it was a gamble. It don't think it really paid off. Taxi Funtas, nope. of course, coming up in the <laughs> second half uh, with an injury. Uh, sort of a, a weird position. I, the only thing I tried to talk about this game was sort of the weird role. Like Chris Durkin has basically just become like just like this utility man for, for DC. It's either like right wing, right midfield in a 4-4-2 slash 4-4-3-3. And then um, also then now playing as a like second striker behind taxi. You know who this reminds me of? Who's that? He's, he's the white Ulysses Segura. <laughs> Basically. He's got three positions. Yeah. Also just, just to clarifying taxi didn't go down in the second half. He went down in the 23rd minute of the game. So there many. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So early, so he didn't, he didn't last. And also he came back on the field. So it was, it didn't, you always wonder sort of, obviously this is a player who has been nursing that injury all year long. He started, he started late because of it. He was down injured hamstring again, same hamstring. You always wonder when it's an early injury like that, how close to the line they were when they cleared him. Like he went through training all week. Was he pushing it really hard? It was, he's, he was K taped to the wazoo. He had, he, he had a uh, cupping marks on the front of his leg. So he is, that leg is banged up. I will bet you that they're going to let him rest it as long as possible so that he can actually come back fully healthy instead of trying to like stop start him again. Because what we're seeing is this team has now figured out how they're going to work defensively so that they can really stop even good teams uh, from doing what they want to do. It, it, the tactics that have been put in place have now matured to the fact, to, to, the, to the place where we may not be able to generate a bunch of uh, effective scoring chances uh, at will with the players that we have right now, but we can certainly disrupt any any style of attacking play with the players that we have. Which is, you know, you got to give Wayne something. And he saw the beginning of the season where we conceded like ten goals in three games, uh, and uh, he said, "No more of that. <laughs> we're we're going to stop that. Let's fix it. Let's change the formation." So yeah, I haven't really I haven't really looked at the numbers. I guess I could, I could probably pull them up, but then you'd hear my clicky clacky keyboard, so I won't do that. But I, I mean, <laughs> it's the ASMR element of our podcast. <laughs> I mean, but the uh, but you do talk about the sort of the, the, he you know he's talked about at length about this team being difficult to play against and against this this tough this tough national team. I, I think I was in the I was in the Discord chat and I was looking at some of the predictions that were coming in and just the the wildness of like four nothing Nashville three nothing Nashville, and I said. That's not what this game is going to be. This game is going to be a close, tight affair because Nashville are a great team defensively. They are an okay team attacking wise. And they have no number nine. And no number nine. And they are fully, fully 100% reliant on Hani Mukhtar to create chances, to create opportunities, to create goals. And, you know, when they don't, when you shut that, when you were able to effectively shut that down, they basically kind of really have nothing to really challenge you. Um, I, they generated some chances, but again, both teams, I think, were struggling for chances. Uh, DC looked pretty good for 23 minutes when Taxi Fundus was out there. I think they were generating probably the best chances. I think he had at least one opportunity. Um, but for the most part, I mean, no team. And then when he went down, it was Eric Hurtado, and there really wasn't much chance creation at all. Um, no team was doing a good job at chance, particularly DC. Uh, I think Chris Durkin with the lone opportunity – 
uh, the lone shot that hit off the hit off the crossbar. But other than that, that he pile drive the shit out of and, and almost knocked the goalposts over. Yeah, imagine if that Bruce, had gone in. That would have been incredible. Yeah, uh, is his name Bruce Murray? Is that the guy's name? Yes. The yeah, he, he was losing his mind. <laughs> it was like <laughs> he was like he just hit it so hard. He's like, I know he did. He really did. It's true. Yeah. So unfortunate. Um, you know, I think I think it's hard. It's it's definitely shows. You know, obviously, Benteke not being in that game was the real story. And really, I mean, we'll, we'll get we'll get to the Philly game. I mean, I think this this game as a whole really exemplified just how much having Benteke out on that field really impacts things, particularly. I mean, when you lose taxi, it's big, but also just from a pure hold up and just being able to cycle the ball out wide. Uh, we'll get to the Philly game and just certain moments in that game where he just showed really unbelievable quality, but despite not scoring the goal. Um, I want to talk about Kasu Sumake. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, boy. Um, <laughs> in the Nashville game, he looked, he, he looked very poor uh, to me. He was, he was where the attack went to die on the left side. He had a number of early fouls that caused dangerous free kicks that could have been potential goals, particularly when Nashville was not generating real chances. It was going to come off something like that, and their goal came off something stupid. Uh, so really conceding in dangerous spots would have been and should have been avoided. Uh, he is getting a lot of run, which tells you, I think, a couple things. Uh, left back depth continues, to, or you know, left wing back or whatever back continues to be a, a, a depth problem with Pedro Santos. Uh, and uh, Jahazi still doing whatever he's doing. Yeah, uh, and I still suspended. And, and Jacob Green, I think maybe got a little bit run down. He he had a very long run in the side, and I don't think anybody expected that. And Wayne talked over and over again at the beginning of the season about not running young players into the ground. So I think that this is a kind of rotation that's going on. And we're going to talk about the game uh, on on Wednesday against Philly in a little bit. But I would say that he started off in this game pretty poor. I would say of the players that started, he was the worst um, out there on the field. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he showed some promise defensively. I don't think he he's was, fast. Yeah, he was fast. We can that is that is verified. Yeah, so he's able to cut it. He's able to. Um, he's certainly able to uh, to break up uh, to break up plays to, when he's playing on that wide side. He's struggling, and he, you could see it still in the Philly game the sort of the higher level mindset, I guess, of, of being a professional, a high level professional player is not there. We talk about the goal and let's go ahead and talk about the goal um, because it was a strange and just one of those. I I, I literally I, I will talk about maybe who deserves blame, but I think one player that certainly deserves blame on that goal is Samake because he is sitting out there sort of on the near post kind of deer in headlights trying to figure out what to do. There was just a, a crazy sequence, a, a great save from Tyler Miller. And Tyler Miller is literally having to yell at him, get out there, close that down. You cannot let him have that space. I forget. I think it was, it was Fafa or somebody. I forget who had the space and you know that he doesn't move quick enough. Uh, they're able to get sort of a free cross in back into the mixer. It falls for Donovan Pines. You know, I've, 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 I've debated on who I, I think, you know, I think Donovan Pines, we, we talked about him, you know, cleaning up a lot of his game. Um, you know, does he maybe deserve some blame for this? Uh, possibly. But I also think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's also a bit more of an unfortunate play. And also I think maybe Tyler Miller deserves some blame because I think what, what you can see happen on this play is the ball sort of falls down and everybody just kind of stops. And I think even Alex Mule, I think out there expected Tyler Miller to just come up and grab it. 
I think there's sort of a bit of a miscommunication between Miller and 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 uh, and Pines. And I think Miller needs to be the one to sort of jump on that. Forget about your defender. Just grab the ball off his feet. Who cares at this point? He's kind of holding it, kind of waiting. Uh, maybe he thought maybe he'd be called for something. Maybe there would be some error. And I think he got a Miller slow to react. Donovan Pines then sees Mule sort of crashing in. He just says, all right, I'm just going to hoof it clears it, it it goes off of you know if it's an inch higher if it's an inch higher it's handling and it's no goal even if it goes into the back of the net um but you know it goes right off the underside of his armpit which according as as angry as i was at the time according to the laws of the game is perfectly valid and that is it is it literally outlined in ifab's uh in ifab's ifab's laws about handling so a weird sort of unfortunate goal, probably the type of goal that deserved this game. And I, I thought right at the bat, I said, that's it. This is this is exactly the game I said that was going to happen. It was going to be one nothing either way. It was going to be either one nothing DC or one nothing Nashville or 0-0. It could have honestly been that as well. But I did not feel this was a more than one goal type of game. I'm happy to be wrong, and we'll get into that in a minute. But, I mean, really, it was this. It really sort of felt like this team maybe was trying, maybe would have been happy with the 0-0 draw. I don't know if they would get them to admit that, but that's kind of what this sort of lineup and sort of the formation felt like a little bit. When you saw Benteke was not playing, that is what you felt. That is what I felt when I saw it. I was like, listen, if we can hold on for 0-0, zero, zero, I'm, I'm dancing. Mm-hmm. I am dancing. And, you know, we almost it almost was going to be forced to that. The fact that we were able to, to change that scoreline at the end is... Uh, it's kind of a narrative. This is a... We're about to talk about a player who is continues he, I, I would say he started off very hot this season he had a little bit of a of a lull uh, maybe a little less effective or, or 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 maybe carrying some injuries and he's currently carrying an injury right now I think if you were to ask anyone uh, around the team but uh he doesn't seem to care right now and he his his skill set is something that the team needs now let's let's talk about this let's talk about this kid yeah let's talk about it and again I think very, very big frustration for me in this game was how long, how long Wayne Rooney waited um, to make eighty first minute, eighty first minute triple sub. It, it was very, very clear by you know whether it was you know Nashville pushing back. I mean, obviously at that point you knew Nashville was just trying to, they were just trying to just shepherd off this game for a win for for a draw. Or sorry, shepherd this game off and, and try not to lose. Basically, was was their whole was their whole thing. And I thought it, I was like at that point at the 73rd minute, I think, you know, I think as, uh, uh, as Ted said, Ted told Wayne he had a seven, you know, he had uh, 15 minutes to give. But basically, it wasn't until the 81st minute that he made the subs. I thought that was a mistake. And I thought I think that could have very well cost this team an opportunity to maybe make to maybe win this. Uh, that's seven minutes where you're and because as soon as you brought on to as soon as you brought on Christian Fletcher, as soon as you brought on Ted Cudi Pietro. DC was finally able to get some other guys in there who maybe had some other ideas about how to break this team down and some guys maybe willing to, to beat some guys on the dribble, to be a little more technical on the ball, uh, to really sort of, you know, get, get those opportunities and, and chances started to turn. Um, and the chances did eventually turn, uh, late in the game. I can't remember the exact minute, but, uh, you know, Christian Fletcher, Lewis O'Brien receives the ball, you know, Nashville's pushed back. Christian Fletcher suddenly has a whole bunch of space attacks the ball. I think, I think, uh, I think, Nashville were maybe a little surprised there. Um, and then he picks up his head, takes a look, and uh, Ted Cudi Pietro is sitting right there at sort of the uh, near the near the penalty spot, slots it over to him, and he just uh, rivals at home. The only shot on goal the team had all game. Uh, you know, 
Durkin's was certainly a rip and certainly something worthy, but it's not a shot on goal because it's the post. Um, so the only shot of the goal of the game, they tied up one, one. Um, and I think I remember being disappointed because I always get disappointed when we draw home games. I don't care who we're playing. Like, I feel like you got to go out and win your home games. But I think, you know, with reflection, considering the injuries, considering the, the, you know, the players that weren't there, they it shows this team has a gutsy performance. Tech UD Pietro sort of has basically won us four points as a young player, um, which is which is pretty incredible, to, incredible to think about um, for, for a player who I don't I'm I'm not sure we thought we would see this much out of him this year. So nope. he's been he's been a welcome surprise. So uh, good for him. He now gets, I think, a, you know, a bit of an extended opportunity here. Uh, to maybe elevate himself to a point where maybe you're thinking as DC United, maybe what, you know, what else can we maybe use a designated player spot for? Can we maybe rely? And maybe you're not thinking this year, maybe you're not thinking the year after, but you know, you look at a player, I'm sure there are a lot of fans out there that would not be sad to see taxi Funtos go um, all things considered. Maybe this, if, if, if take QD Pietro continues to perform and continues to play well and show that skill set that can sort of match with Benteke better than uh, Taxi Funtas. Maybe you as a team entering next year think, well, we have Benteke, we have Click, who are playing really well, who link up very well. Maybe we can find another piece here um, that can maybe give us a different look. I don't know. Just some thoughts. I would I would like to keep both Taxi and and Ted. I, I think I it's uh, it's so wild to have, you know, the rare the rare luck is that you got a player that is a difference maker for like fifty thousand dollars on the salary cap, oh, whatever yeah. whatever yeah. whatever he's making. So you gotta from a money ball perspective, you gotta really take advantage of that and have, you know, count your count your lucky stars. You know, uh Lewis O'Brien continues to be my concern about <laughs> about losing him uh, as I am lo- looking here at the stats. Lewis O'Brien led the team with 14 final third entry, 19 passes into the final thirds, once again goes 90 minutes. You know, he he's gone. We you know we we've you know you and I have it have have processed that you know we've 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 moved to the last we are in the acceptance stage uh we passed bargaining all those other things <laughs> or we talked about maybe the if, if norton if not him gets uh relegated it's good <laughs> we're, we're now in acceptance but you know if you i if you talk about impact players and if we're throwing away dp slots i would be like uh taxi we'll thank you for your service your body's starting to break down a little bit lewis o'brien how much money will it take <laughs> what kind of what kind of brings truck would you like you could be you know do you want a do you want a coffee shop on the side of the stadium we could do that we offered that before we can make it happen for you i think i think i think you as a team it's if if you cannot convince lewis o'brien to stay you almost have to be thinking about who can we bring where's a in? clone where's a lewis o'brien clone where's, that we can... <laughs> a, where's a, a similar type of player that can handle that type of entry the, the sort of final third entries uh, you know i i think really it sets up uh it sets up this team very interesting um for a very interesting moment i mean the question is you know what do they have you know what do they have on the salary cap um you know are they at that salary cap i, I don't know um which point. is another thing we should talk about they drop those numbers we have uh we have first half 2023 uh salary numbers and Ravel Morris is showing as a zero. Yeah. Pff. Meaning that I believe that uh, I mean I think that means that they have they have written off his contract. Interesting. I don't see I don't I don't know. See that, that that's the very the very curious thing I thought about Ravel Morrison is are we like has anyone confirmed? Has anyone at MLS this is the problem with MLS. I wish they would be more open about this. Uh-huh. If you have a player on your contract and you say 
you know what? We really don't want to exercise our buyout, but we're really not interested in using this guy. So we're just going to not register him. And does that does that mean that you can actually he's not playing? You can't pay play him. I don't know if MLS has any type of rules like you can't play him in any sort of league matches. So you're not getting any of that salary on the field. Does it really make sense that it should count against your cap? I, I don't know. When they signed um when they signed uh 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 Emil Assad, or maybe that maybe that contract began in January, I can't remember. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he was like around the organization, he just wasn't registered at the time. I don't know. Like it, it just kind of it kind of makes me wonder like whether like maybe there's a part of this rule, maybe they maybe all that cap that we thought was being eaten up by Raval Morrison was actually not being eaten up because they did not register him. Um and maybe once, maybe yeah I don't know so maybe so you're thinking maybe he's getting paid but it's not counting towards the salary cap yeah maybe they're he's just, got a contract yeah he's got a contract maybe they're just paying him out maybe they've executed that buyout but they just haven't released it yet maybe there's something else going on maybe there's some sort of mutual termination I don't know at this point um I, I feel like if there was a buyout maybe we would hear about it. maybe yeah there's some weird I stuff just, going I on just, with that <laughs> I just want to say so I have Lewis O'Brien's uh, uh, FB ref uh, page up. He's 89th percentile non-penalty goals, 80th percentile assists, 95% progressive carries, 89% successful take-ons, 93% interceptions. The man has got green all over the place, except for clearances and, and pass completion. And if you look at similar players, these are not players that are known and expensive, one assumes. Josh Laurent at Stoke City, uh, Bruno Gomez in Brazil, a Bristol City player, a player in Portugal. Uh, Aiden, Aiden Morris is the only one I would have known on here. Uh, Columbus crew. So uh, listen, where's the spreadsheets, folks? Sean Howe, get on the horn, play some football manager, figure out who is like Lewis <laughs> O'Brien, but is not expensive and make it happen because I am. We need this. I mean, you, you have to think that has to be like a target for this team is to it has to be they to find somebody that can at least they think can do most of the role that that uh, that Lewis O'Brien can fill. Or I think I think you do have to ask. I maybe maybe you do make that play where you're like, OK, like, you know, we can't do the roster rules. We can't afford him. Maybe make that play. Do you, do you want to stay? And, you know, maybe then on backup have that, you know, do you want to stay for at least this season? I mean, we're riding high, maybe see how the season plays out. You're going to get, you know, guaranteed starting minutes. Um, you apparently or- like driving in the DC area. So uh, you like <laughs> you're, you're, you have some sort of weird thing with your brain where it's fun to drive in this traffic. Yeah. Uh, Mateus click, talked about how much he liked uh, the the giant parking spots here. So these are things, you know, <laughs> we talked about the advantages uh, DC might have against other locations. We This is the good thing that the training centers in suburbia, they get to like, they get, they, they're like, you want to, you want a Chipotle with giant parking, par- uh, parking spots and nobody around it. We got that. You want, if you want to drive fast on a road, we got that. Yeah. We got all those things you can do. Yeah. But we got away a little bit from, from talking about the home grooms. I did, did want to come back and, and touch yeah. on that. I mean, having having guys, and we'll talk about Ted in the next game, who I thought really just just put on a monster performance. But you know, having Christian Fletcher come on, I, I've I've been talking with a lot of a lot of fans. Be like, oh, you know, we're still very like I'm concerned about our depth. I'm concerned about our depth, and I'm like, guys, we're seeing the depth right now. We're seeing Ted Cudi Pietro, Christian Fletcher. We're seeing Derek Williams, who's stepping in for uh, for um, for uh, uh, Steve Birnbaum, and has looked great. I thought he was excellent, like probably underrated performance from him um you know he's part of that defensive performance against philly so in my opinion we're seeing that depth 
and now like we're, we're, we're scraping a little bit more in that barrel. So we're suddenly getting close. We're having, instead of having, you know, take Kudi Pietra off the bench as a game changer, we're having Emil Saad off the bench. Emil Saad is not, is not great. Uh, Dahomey so far has not been great. Not impressed. So, so certainly we're, 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 we're eking towards that depth. The hope is, is that maybe you don't keep everybody as healthy as you can right now. Don't lose anybody else. And then slowly you'll gain back some more of those players and some more of those options. And then those players that have still been performing well, become that depth that what that is starting quality and you can sort of build that up i think this is honestly if we want to talk depth i think this is the deepest this team has been in a long long time when you factor in all the players that have come in that have made impactful performances particularly on the homegrown side between jacob green akimbone ted kudu pietro and now christian fletcher picks up an assist like those are types of things that good mls teams and something that dc has missed for so so long um, so it's I'm I am over the moon with seeing that he talk about things that make me feel when Wayne Rooney walks out the do- walks out that door things that make me feel positive about the team it's things it's seeing things like this so yeah I think that's gonna put a book on on the Nashville one one draw uh, let's get to the Philly game they go on a Wednesday match against Philly Christian Menteke returns to the lineup and you can instantly see why he is probably one of the better attackers uh, in, in the in in the league right now. Um, just, I mean, just what's what what so amazes me is just his ability to receive the ball with his back to goal, pick up his head, and just play these just inch perfect like switching passes that other MLS. I don't think there's so many I mean, other. I've seen other DC players try that, but the way he's able to just do it with such accuracy into the space is just it's just next level type elite stuff from him. Um, you know, besides the the elite aerial play, the hold up play. The way he's able to find those passes, find those switches, um, is 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 pretty incredible. And he was definitely missing this game. Um, where where do you want to start with this Philly draw? Any, anywhere you want to well, start? Well, I think the important thing to do is think about the recent history. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, seven nothing, six nothing. <laughs> uh, one of those uh, was Wayne in charge for both of those, or one of those? He was in one the stands those. for the first one, I think, the, the- and then he. No, the first one. The first one was the day, like the day after. That was the Chad Ashton death game. Yeah, that was the game where they literally were like, "Nope, now we need to come up with something else. We need to, we need to make a change here." Yeah, it was the, it was the Chad Ashton death. It was when I think even Chad Ashton, if you had asked him, knew that like it was over. It was done. So, so this is a game against a team that had pasted the living bejesus out of DC United last year. This is in a place where DC United is almost never successful. Always, always seems to take take it on the chin. Uh, and this is a team that is short one of its impact players. And you you, you roll up there. Benteke was a question mark all week. He happened to be in the lineup. A question me. My, 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 Ted is throwing up the quote the quote fingers there. It's entirely possible I, that was shenanigans. Oh, that was I totally. I'm hundred percent convinced that was that was totally just. I don't know if golf. If Wayne told, oh, yeah, we're not sure about Benteke, that was total mind, total roster mind games being played um, there. Because I think he, I mean, he impacts how you prepare for this team. Yeah. So I think the fact that expectations had to be low going into this game uh, are good, a good sort of scene setter for how the game actually went. And sort of the, I don't want to say complete control that DC United had over Philly, but the, the stranglehold that that DC United have over Philly's attack, I think is extremely exciting from a DC United fans perspective after the way things have gone in the recent months and years. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a game at home, Philly are a very, very good team. They're trying to get a bounce back. They're trying to, 
sort of shake off the the Concacaf Blues, um, you know that they went through. Uh, they played a very tough game against Colorado. They walked away two one winners on the road. They came home. Uh, they had a a scuffle that led to some fines. I think there was one player that was suspended. I can't think of his name right now. They also have some guys missing for the U twenty World Cup, so they were not they were not a hundred percent. But you know they still had you know some incredible quality out there, and I I don't want to call it yeah I, I think you're right to call it, it if DC walks away two winner two nothing winners then you can call it domination you can't necessarily call it domination when you don't win the game, uh, but it was as close as they could neither get. did they though yeah. neither did they no I mean it was and, and you look at the ex, you look at the expected goals you look at the opportunities it all came from DC if you go look at the like I think I put up a, a picture on our Twitter account of like the foot mob shot graph. And in the amount of the amount of and really what was more impressive about this game, it wasn't that I kind of went in this game thinking, I think I said, I think we'll be good defensively. The real question is going to be, can we actually turn around and generate some chances? And, you know, I was like, I want to see what, you know, Ted Cudipietro can do. And Ted Cudipietro did everything in this game, but put the ball in the back of the net. Um, just his his dribbling ability. And I, I don't it's just it's it's so fun to watch him. He has become almost a player now. When he has the ball at his feet, you sort of pick your head up and pay attention uh, because he is showing an ability to beat guys on the dribble, to move around players, to make, you know, those little subtle moves that you see and kind of weave through defenses. And, you know, it's still not I won't say it's like a lead or world class at this point. It's kind of like at a very good MLS level. Um, I, I would I would kind of place it there. Uh, he still maybe I, I think maybe getting that sort of final touch that gets him into space that, that opens up opportunities and shots. Um, he was, he should have had a goal. I think he had a 0.7 XG chance uh, right there at the end. I think it was a cross from Samake, I want to say, or that kind of bounced to him or was mm-hmm. it a Benteke? It was, I know it was on the left side. It was, I believe it was Benteke who kind of left it for him and it was sort of right at the top of the box and makes a, I, you know, I think, I think we look back and said, could he have done more with that? Maybe, but I think he puts it, he puts it hard and low, um, really kind of had to first time it didn't really have a time to, if he set up, he tried to set up a shot. I don't think he gets anything off and I think it gets blocked. Um, but really, I mean, DC was just, they were just all over, all over like Philly. They generated the most chances. They had the best opportunities. Um, it's just a shame. They couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And I think the team was frustrated by that as well. And in a hard dribbling, that's what I would call Ted Cudi Pietro's skill right now. That's the tier that he's at. He's at a young, he's a young Andy dribbling right now. Yeah, and that's good enough. That's pretty damn. That's pretty damn great for where he was last year. Yeah, I mean, considering he's been. I mean, we talk about we talked about like he's been the real surprise this year. I think, and just how, you know, we saw the preseason results and we're kind of like, oh, maybe Ted, maybe this is the year Ted makes the the big jump or the big step. And then we're kind of like, well, maybe. And then he, you know, just completely just blows it out of the water in the first game, and we're thinking, oh my gosh, we got the next coming of Kevin Paredes right, right in front of us right now. I do have a question because I got I got into a little bit of a discussion on Twitter. I think everybody's in their in their head about, you know, he's he's 20 years old, 20, 21 years old, um, I think. So he's still he he's he's considered he's considered no longer a young player by most international standards. He'll probably make the 22 under 22, um, which I think the is, de- which is a death, which is a death curse for DC United players. You don't want to make that. <laughs> um but he, but he is on that. He, he, you know, he is certainly in that in that ability. Uh, right now, his contract situation is he has. He, this is the last year of his contract. He's got options for twenty four, twenty five. Um, what what sort of prospects do you think? If you're talking, do you think? Let's Do you see Bill Hamid level 
just not quite good enough to really make a big step internationally or it never quite comes, you know, or just, you know, there's just too many holes in this game. Or do you see a guy who, you know, maybe I, I don't think, you know, Chelsea, Real Madrid or Barcelona are going to oh. come sniffing, but like maybe a Coventry City, a Luton Town, uh, you know, those types of championship level clubs. No, I don't. I don't see him like that yet. Honestly, I, I say same story for me. For uh, a lack of a lack of final product is going to hurt him a little bit because of his age. I think Kevin got the call to go to Germany because he was still sub eighteen mm-hmm. and featuring every every almost every game and going ninety for an MLS club at twenty one. Ted is going to have to the final product is going to be have to be done. For him to get so, I Chelsea for certain not obviously. I didn't even suggest that. I, uh, championship championship side maybe, uh, but I think he's got to start uh, to go to make that to make that jump as an American. You've got to do it young. He's right at that cusp, like Daryl DK age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to final products got to be there. I think if his ceiling is very good MLS player, I think that's fine. I think he's got to be happy with that, and I think that the club would be even happy with that. But, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him yet as an international player uh, due to his age. I think at this point, if I am, if I am Dave Casper and I am looking at those option years, we have those option years as kind of a, if we can't get anything to read to, let's do it. But I think I'm calling up his agent and I'm saying, you know, let's work out, let's work out a deal to keep you here. We, you know, we're seeing the growth we're seeing. We want to reward you now because you're starting to make impacts on the field. We think you can be somebody who can be a starting contributor in the next over the next couple seasons, which I certainly think he has the ability to do so. Um, you know, I'm, yeah. I I see him really. I think he has he shows enough of that of the vision, the dribbling ability. Really, I think he could potentially, if DC ever shifts to kind of a more, we talk about how MLS is still a league of number tens. I think he has that ability to be a number ten. I think he has that creative creative ability if he can grow that to be a a pretty good number 10 in this league um, or at very least a sort of withdrawn forward uh, sort of the Jaime Moreno role of sort of that withdrawn forward and in, in Jaime's latest later part of his career, not the beginning of his career. But um, I think if you're, if you're Dave, I think you go and you look and you say, Hey, let's work out a three-year deal. Let's keep you here. We're going to give you a little bit. We're going to give you a, an, an increase to what your option is. So you're not getting nothing out of this, you know, then we'll extend, we'll have an, you know, MLS contracts all have options, but let's look at maybe keeping you here next three, four, five years. That puts you right around 24, 25. If you are playing at an elite MLS level, you are, you know, making chances, scoring goals, then absolutely he could make that jump to Europe. I, I, 24, 25, he absolutely could. I think he's got to grow. I think he's got to be better. I'm not really willing to count out anything because I see every single game. He just keeps adding elements to his game. And, and, you know, what I saw with Kevin, I see a lot of in, um, I see a lot of in Ted Kudipiecha right now. It's a guy who every single time he steps on the field, there's maybe a little something else I see that's like, ooh, that's something he did, he wasn't doing last game. That looks good. Ooh, that's something new. That's something new. Um, and in this game, just that the dribbling ability, I think, was really on display against and against a team that's that's also really, really good. So I'm excited about this game against L.A. because L.A. are really bad. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful for a. Uh, for a breakout game from him. Let's just say that I'm hoping for like need, a two or three goal, two, one to two goals, a couple assists type of game. Ted, we got to do the uh, Ted do the, the Ted contract needs to be like Chelsea contracts where they're just throwing nine year deals at, at players <laughs> to counteract to the roster rules. I don't know if I'm Ted. I signed, I signed that deal. I, I, would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would definitely sign a three year deal with maybe another one to two year option 
where that keeps you, that gives you the the security. You're probably making some more money. Then that gives you the security knowing that you are going to be with this team now for, you know, the next three, four, five years. You can grow with this team. You're still 24, 25 by the time that contract starts to run out. And it still gives incentive if you're there for, for DC to sell you to Europe. Because he's got to be thinking also, every player wants to get to Europe. So, Did you say he's got one year left as an option? That's it? Two years. 24, okay. 24, 24, 25. So DC could absolutely go in and say, hey, we're just going to give you the option. They might do that. But I think it, if I am Dave and I am thinking long term, I am thinking, let's go ahead and get this locked down. Let's not even worry about that option. You're good enough. We've seen it. Let's, let's, let's keep you here for as long as we can. Um isn't it wild that he's still the general manager after everything that was like it, like the, it, the, the, the pitchforks and the, and the, and the flames have just sort of like, everyone's like, let's just put them over on the side right now, man. I got no energy. I got no more energy for fire Casper stuff <laughs> well, I mean, right now. now. Sh- I mean, shoot. I mean, now you almost kind of got to be like, well, I mean, he didn't really do too terrible this off season. I mean, I would say with Muhammad Jazzy, I mean, I would say the jury is kind of still out. <laughs> quite literally, Ted. <laughs> yeah, very, quite literally. I mean, I, I'm not really. A lot of people, I think, are right. I think uh, Muhammad Jazzy made the underperforming, you know, under uh, uh, the underperforming contract along with, um, along with underperforming under indictment contract list. Yeah, but I mean, Matias <laughs> Click has been good. Um, yep. You know, obviously Benteke has come around and, and been sort of that elite level player that we thought he could be. You know, you look at uh, you look at uh, Derek Williams, who I think a lot of people were writing off after his time in L.A. Isn't it nice to bring in a player who plays well after like we're, we're getting like the reverse of what we usually get? <laughs> it is. It is. Because <laughs> he, he's been excellent. He was so good in this game against Philly. He made a couple tackles where things could have gotten bad, almost to the point where I'm wondering, like when Birnbaum comes back, I mean, maybe Paulson finds himself like, I don't know if you bench him at this point. I I thought there was no way that Williams could, could warrant the contract that he was on Mm -hmm. the salary. He was big, but he he does. Yeah. He does. If he's healthy, if he can stay on the field, he is our best center back. I think from a, from a, from a consistency perspective. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, I think it's sort of, and I think it's sort of allowed the team to take it easy with Birnbaum where they don't feel like they have to rush him back uh, because, you know, you still have, you still have a, a core. I think maybe they do want him back, but you know, with the way that sort of three back line plays, there's not really a whole lot of like, not really a whole lot of running that has to go on there. So the, the really it's just being sort of solid defensively uh, mm-hmm. being sort of solid defensively. I don't know what happens when Birnbaum comes back. Does Williams go back to the bench? Do you go back to, does Pines go back to the bench? He's played really well. I mean, I don't think he's argued. He's really lost his spot. Um, but I mean, I, I think, you know, I think from a whole, I, I think, you look at what the players he's brought in. I mean, yes, I, I am still the person. I would love somebody else in there. I, I think I'm still, I'd love to see a fresh idea, a fresh face, someone else to do this rebuild. But I can't also, I can't argue with the fact that the team actually has done considering, considering how bad some of the off seasons we've had, this one's been pretty good. Um, and, yep. and we've gotten some, some good players in. All right. Um, anything else you want to add to the Philly game? Anything we want? Andre to Blake about? is a jerk who is Bill Hamid like in his ability to save his team uh, uh, points when maybe they shouldn't have them. Yeah, and his and his unbelievable, his crazy uh, sweeper keeper um, aspect. He's still he's gotten very lucky, and he got very lucky in this Philly game. I think he had a moment where he came out, but you're talking about Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller, yes. Yeah. So Andre Blake destroyed us with his uh, save ability. Tyler Miller was. Uh, was was getting Lewis Creighton out there, and <laughs> luckily it didn't hurt him. 
Yeah. Sorry, I think you broke up a little bit. I thought you were talking about Tyler Miller. Um, but Tyler Miller also made a great save too, I think, in the in the Philly game as well. So he's he's proved he's proved to be solid. But yes, Andre Blake is, is elite level when it comes to to fill to a Philadelphia Union goalkeeper. All right. Um I think before we wrap up, uh, maybe let's touch a little bit. We got some 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 breaking news out of MLS. Uh, first, I, I almost forgot to mention. Have you seen the uh, the twenty twenty six World Cup logo? Yeah, it's very. I I could have made that, and I'm not very good at Adobe Express, it's but I so, probably could have done it. I think the worst part about it is it, it. So I think I saw I think I saw a video where like it's like they put the World Cup trophy like inside the logo, and like that like I just don't know where somebody got the idea that it looked good. It it, it looks very cheap. And it, it, it was clear that somebody was like, well, let's do something different because usually usual the logo is do something artsy, but like make the uh, make the like World Cup trophy into like some sort of artsy. And, and also it's just it's been hilarious to watch the amount of like better logo designs that have come out since then. Um, I think they were trying. I, I, I wouldn't I think someone maybe saw like the MLS logo and was like, well, let's do something like minimalist. And then like the city logos can like can fill it in the problem is is that even those were not good <laughs> they were actually pretty terrible to be honest um so I, I don't know who they hired to do that logo but it's it's bad it's it's awful it's terrible um I, I think just having the 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 actual picture of the trophy inside the logo just makes it look even more awkward mm-hmm. um yes yes it does you're mixing you're mixing themes you're mixing a whole bunch of stuff with that i yeah thumbs down do not thumbs like down. thumbs down uh, but the another another news uh, positive, I guess, depending on if your name isn't Landon Donovan or the San Diego loyal owners, uh, San Diego <laughs> now has an MLS team uh, not affiliated with the USL team. Uh, they are being very, very gritting teeth and being very nice and saying welcome. Um, but even they have to be sweating a little bit um, considering this is I, I think this is something that's it, it, it's actually it's quite interesting because I believe if I recall correctly that Landon Donovan was part of an effort to try to bring in a, a San Diego MLS team. He was. And then they kind of missed the boat on sort of getting that, that team set up and, and sort of through the, uh, I think, you know, teams like Miami and Cincinnati and uh, St. Louis kind of beat them out basically to that punch. And so they said, all right, fine, we're just going to, we're going to start it. We're going to go the, the USL route, which I think at the time they founded the team, they thought, well, here's our path to MLS. It is a little confusing. I don't want to debate the egos of like billionaires and like starting teams, but it seems to me that if I was someone who was wanting to start a team and there was already a team that had established brand, established loyalty, I would at the very least reach out and be like, hey, I'll be the big money. They want to bring a team to San Diego. I'll be the big money guy. You guys already have the infrastructure set up. You already got the team. You've got the coach. You've got Landon Donovan as an owner, who's a legendary U.S. soccer owner. Why not just like partner with them and finally push this into MLS? I don't understand. I guess the the, the mindset behind it. I, they want to do their they want to do their own like San Diego FC thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if the loyal will survive. We'll see. Um, I don't think they will. I think this is a Miami. Well, the, in a best case scenario, you've got a Miami FC situation. Uh, in a worst case scenario, you have numerous other clubs that have folded. Austin, Aztecs, uh, just there's there's a long list of uh, what happens when the big the big ship comes to town. Well, to your point, they could have pulled the Minnesota United. They could have they could have uh, the Wolves could buy could have bought like a a previously functioning USL side and done that. But I think 
yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think loyal fans are going to have to figure out if they are actually what their name is, <laughs> because the t- I think that team's going away, and they're going to find out that they're going to be new fans of San Diego FC Soccer Club of of California or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, and we've got, of course, uh, they'll be playing at Snapdragon Stadium where the San Diego Wave is. All I got to say is that I think that the rumor is the name will be FC San Diego or San Diego FC. Can we please, please get something more? In? Because that's where I get, that's where, like, the San Diego Loyal has a objectively cool name and a cool logo. Um, I guess I just wish, um, wish, you know, things, I wish things would be a little bit better. I wish they wouldn't have that. But uh, they will be playing at Snapdragon Stadium. Apparently, from what I've been told, like the team is actually going to invest in building a roof to cover fans in that game. One of the criticisms of of Snapdragon Stadium uh, is apparently there's no cover. And uh, San Diego apparently gets really hot in San Diego. I don't know. I've never been. That is malarkey. It is like 72 degrees all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most perfect thing in the entire. Maybe in the middle of the day, it gets a little sunny. I, Californians are n- notorious for complaining about good weather and acting like it's bad weather. So uh, I would... They can they can chill. Get on get get on uh, get on the, uh, the Twitter and tell me I'm an idiot. But uh, I, I've been to San Diego enough times where I think that's that's malarkey. Anyway, uh, you know they did a good thing in San Diego. I hope that they figure out a way to maybe uh, you know incorporate some of the some of those elements in. Uh, if not, they can join Sacramento Republic in the never MLS California division of the USL and just and just stay there. Just do yeah. both. Well, Sacramento is another 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 story. I wonder where this leads. And I wonder where this leads Vegas, especially too. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it uh, for this episode of United 96. John, is there anything else you wanted to add or can we go ahead? And no, we are. I am. We are fighting through bad Internet right now where both of us are probably dropping out on each other's ears. So the fact that we were able to get 50 minutes in, I am I'm I'm uh, happy about it. But we will be back to our normal production schedule next week. I don't have any more large-scale advocacy fly-ins where I need to be in D.C. for 12 hours a day. Uh, And we'll be back to our two episodes uh, for our Patreon schedule next week as well. Yep. All right, folks. Thank you so, so much for listening. We will catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos. Vamos. Thanks again to our show sponsor, Monday Development, available to help you with all of your real estate needs. To get started on your next real estate investment, visit mondaydev.com. That's M-U-N-D-Y-D-E-V.com.